In a world where podcasting is the only thing that matters, two sisters who have very little reselling experience decide to make a podcast about reselling. Who will step forward with reselling tips and interviews with some of the greatest resellers the world has ever seen? We are the Thrifter Sisters. Hey, sister, don't you have a reselling business? You know I do. Oh, right. Well, would you like to level up your business like I recently did? Hmm. I mean, I was thinking about leveling down, but now that you mention it, leveling up makes more sense. How can I do that? Sister, it's so easy. All you need is Vindu. Okay, great. What's Vindu? Input more info into my mind grapes, please. Vindu is the number one cross-listing and inventory system for resellers. I joined Vindu because I'm always ready to level up, and now I can easily cross-list my inventory to 10. That's right, 10 of the most popular selling platforms. Ooh, unreal. Oh, but it is real, sister. It's a reseller's dream come true. You know how you're always struggling to get and uh, stay organized? (laughs) You got that right. I'm wearing a bathing suit as underwear right now. Jeez. Well, Vindu can help keep you organized, bring more visibility to your items, increase your sales with its insightful analytics, and save you tons of the one thing us busy moms can never get enough of. You mean wine? No. Time. Time, yep. sister. Vindu saves you tons of time. Oh, that's amazing. Vindu has all your favorite things. Excellent customer service. Love it. And intuitive software. Ooh, super love it. Count me in. All right. Use code Thrifters Sisters to get 30% off your first month subscription. Oh, I love a good deal. I'm totally going to do that. All right, Vindu, I'm ready to level up my business. Let's do this. I'm so excited. Thanks, sister. Hey, don't thank me. Thank Vindu. Thanks, Vindu. Listener, you found us again. We're here for you and we're excited about it. It's me, Lindsay. Hey, and it's me, Lacey. Could you sound less excited? (laughs) I was being very serious. And it's us, your Thrifter Sisters comedy podcast for reselling. Seriously. (laughs) Seriously. It's real funny around here. Really? Seriously. Really. We interview all the best resellers from around the country, but this week we don't have an interview because we are going back to basics part two. What did you say yesterday? (laughs) Back to basics. The revenge. <laughs> this time, it's personal. <laughs> this time, it's personal. The re basicening <laughs> Which y'all don't know is like, this is how we talk all the time. Yeah, all the it's time. true. <laughs> and, and a lot of times we like make up these ridiculous scenarios. Like I sat on the patio with Lacey's husband Sunday night and for 30 <laughs> minutes... I mean, I don't even know what – because they have, like – they they had this, like, wood-burning um, stove put out on the fireplace for, for ambiance and heat. And him and I go off on this 30-minute tangent of a make-believe scenario about Mary Poppins chimney sweeps and, and how – Lacey wasn't out there for this. It was just me and Jeff. I don't know what she was – like, at the very end of it. I was like, what the fuck? And we're talking about, like, exchanging fish for chimney sweeping. <laughs> And we're trying to, and then we're like looking up pictures of fish, trying to decide like, well, what kind of fish do you think a chimney sweep would want? And then I was like, sushi. And he was like, no, mm -mm. it's got to be like old school cod. And then I looked up a picture of a cod. I was like, well, this doesn't look like what I thought a cod looks like. These fish are enormous. And this is, this is how all of us talk all the time. It's ridiculous. We make zero sense. It's so weird. And we're very odd. But that's why you're here, listener. Sorry you you missed that conversation, everyone. Okay, so last time we did Back to Basics, we um, went over tips that Lacey and I had for you for for newer resellers or brand new resellers even. And then we also um, shared tips that people sent in on Instagram, which was awesome. Thank you so much to everybody who sent tips in. So this part of the back to basics, the re-basicing, is we are going to answer questions that a lot of you sent in. And we got quite a few. So we got to get to work because um, we, you know, like to gab and it'll take a while to get through all these. So thank you to everybody who sent those in. Real quick, before we get started, I'm going to just, I'm going to just barrel through this so we can get started. 
Our Patreon is live. Our Patreon is out. There are are three episodes in there that you could go listen to right now. That apparently nobody knew how to find. (laughs) I know. We launched the Patreon over a week ago, and and I was talking about it over on our close friends Instagram group last night. Or yesterday, and uh, like half of them didn't even realize there were episodes because they hadn't realized how to get to those. So there are episodes in there. If you are in Patreon and you haven't seen those, please message me. We're not ripping you off. We promise. <laughs> no, there are three episodes in there right now, and I can um, help direct you to um, access those. Um, that is five dollars a month. You're going to get three to four bonus episodes every single month. You're going to get access to my consignment spreadsheet, and we are going to do one mastermind phone call each month so we can talk with all of you our besties and we need a theme song just for the masterminds (laughs) i don't know why should it be the listen we can't share it on here but the should it be the patreon theme song that (laughs) yes (laughs) i'm gonna i don't want to speak too soon (laughs) but i'm gonna I thought what the Patreon theme song was going to be dude and shit and stuff and stuff. You can't say that on this feed. They, if they're not on the Patreon, they can't hear that song. That's our theme song. I'm going to have Mariana record that for us. I'm going to ask her. I'm going to see if she'll do it. Oh, my God. That's going to be so funny. Like, you know, she's she sings folk music. So, like, in that folk music style, it would be hilarious. We're not uh, on the Patreon, man. You're missing out. Get come meet us over there. Um, also, if you can follow us on Instagram, Thrifter Sisters Pod, um, lo- oh, subscribe to our podcast wherever you get your podcasts, and then those ratings, man, those ratings and reviews, loves to see it. And lastly, if you're like, hey, I want to support these down bitches, but I really don't want to support them every month, you know, like give me a break. Um, that's fine. You can support us one time with a one-time support over at buymeacoffee.com backslash thrifter sisters. It is, you can make a $5 donation over there and it goes towards the production of this show, which sounds like crap because something's going on with Lacey's microphone the last three recordings. This is a brand new mic. She were hardwired into the internet. We got her a new mic. Like we don't I know. Don't understand it. Wire, and it's just real plosive sounding, and it's it's real frustrating as the person who's been trying super hard to get this to sound better. But let's not focus on that. Let's focus on these questions, sister. Why don't you read the first one and read their names too? Like this question came in from. Jane All right. Doe. This question comes to you from. Uh, um, oh, really? <laughs> Jay. <laughs> it's, this is their. So these are their Instagram handles. Yeah. yeah. Wait. Jay, pull, pull pull back from them. You're too close to the mic. I can't read the notes. Then I, you got to figure it out, man, because you're too close to the mic. I have to be able to read. Can't make me read. Can't make me read. That's not going to work at all. Because I can't. I have to hold it then. Mic boom mic thingies in the way. That's what I'm doing. I got my phone right here. We get, we're gonna have to build an extension onto your podcast studio so you'll have a little more room <laughs> for that microphone. You're too close to it. I think that's what's happening. It, I can't be any further away. That's what I'm maybe, saying. Maybe when I hang, when we get done, I'll do some rearranging and see if I can push this further back. Okay. Okay. Question number one comes from Resale Tattletale. No, nope. That that yeah. we already no. That's Susan's. Uh, oh, Susan. I see. Yeah. No, go down right underneath that. Okay. It's This question comes to you from Jay Hyatt, eight, it was 1876, I think. Nope, um, how do you learn to source online? What's the best way to change to selling higher price profit items? Lindsay, take it away. Oh, God. This is going to take like an hour. <laughs> I feel like we just covered this. How do you sort? Well, we did over on the Patreon. Mm-hmm. How do you source online? What's the best way to change to selling higher price profit items? Okay. We're going to just go real, real basic here. The best it's way. so basic. It's so basic. The best way to get started is pick one brand. Pick one brand and get good at that brand. Mm-hmm. Um, and and so I'll give you the example of I started with Louboutins. I would find them as cheap as I could, like around $100, and they weren't always in the best condition. But here's the thing. I knew that I could at least sell them again for $100. Mm-hmm. 
Right. Or whatever I needed to, to cover, you know, let's say $120 to cover, you know, the posh fee. So I wouldn't lose money. I knew I wouldn't lose money buying a pair of Louboutins for $100. Now, is it easy to find a pair of Louboutins for $100? No, it's not. But you just have to be really consistent with your um, searches online because you can find them. And I absolutely did. And I want to say I found them over at Mercari too, my first couple of pairs for that $100. And you know, they, they're, the the price points on Louboutins are all over the place, all over the place, $100. Yeah. I saw a pair of Louboutins this weekend for $12,000. They were like covered in like those Savorsky crystals or whatever they're called. Holy they cow. 12 grand. They were gorgeous. That's a lot. But, oh my, I can't believe anybody has the money to put that kind of something on their feet, but whatever people do. Not my yeah. problem. Okay. You want to get good at one one brand at a time. Get confident. I don't even say good because this isn't like a good, bad situation. It's like building confidence within a brand. So pick something like Louboutin, get it in your hand, then get on YouTube. You want to make sure they're authentic. You want to find the points of authentication within the shoe. Um, when I don't do this anymore on my Louboutins because now I've, you know, I've, I've sourced them so many and I've had so many fakes in my hands that now I can absolutely, the minute I get my hands on it, I can tell if it's real or if it's fake. But what I used to do was I used to submit them for authentication on Mercari because it's only $5. And, you know, I was able just through that whole process, it just, this is learning to online source doesn't happen in a day, a week, a month. Like it is just a process of just trial and error. You're going to get fakes in your hands. I still do like learning what to look for in the listings. I, it's just really hard to like sit here and go through every single point. I mean, unless you go over to the Patreon and made a whole episode about it. Um, (laughs) Learning, learning and getting confident with one brand at a time. So now, you know, back in the olden days, four months ago, I Yesteryear, would pay, days yeah, of yore. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I would pay $100 for a pair of lubes. But now, you know, I just bought a pair this weekend for um, $250 because I'm c- more confident now in what I know I can sell them for. And then obviously when I'm paying like a little bit more for them, like I'm getting ones that are in better condition, the ones that were $100 would have scuffs on the heels. Guess what? People will still buy those. They will yep. still buy your Louboutins if they have scuffs on the heels, scuffs on the soles. And n- always knowing that I wasn't going to lose money. I knew I could turn around and sell it for maybe not any profit. But that, you know, you kind of just think of that as like your education, your schooling, yeah. your, you know, learning. You just learn as you go. And then from there, you know, I really started with Louboutins. And then from there, I've branched out. Like I do Gucci now. Now I am not super confident with Gucci. So anytime I do get a pair of Gucci's in, I uh, do get those authenticated still. And, you know, Gucci's are different because, you know, with Louboutins, I'm, I've, I have sold a pair of Louboutin loafers and a pair of Louboutin sneakers. And I hopefully have some fucking boots coming in soon. We'll see. Um, but I mostly do heels. So I'm very familiar with that. But with the Gucci's, there's so many different styles um, that are great selling styles. So I'm trying to expand more into different styles in Gucci. So I don't know that I'm ever going to be comfortable authenticating Gucci on my own. Maybe I will. Who knows? In a year from now, maybe. But yeah. I definitely I definitely get those authenticated. So I've expanded into um, Jimmy Choo's. Again, there's such a wide range of those. You really have to re- do your research on um, what is selling right now because there's such a wide range that, that some of them have no resale value. Some of them have an amazing resale value. Yeah. Um, I've expanded into Gucci, Jimmy Choo's, um, uh, Golden Goose, which that one is a beast. Like there's been many times I really know how to authenticate those now. And I can tell the minute I get my hands on them, I'm really good at it. Um, but I've gotten so many fakes that I'm just like, oh, I'm so sick of having to like open up cases and send these Yeah, back. that's a pain in the ass. But they are profitable for me. So like just starting off with one and then just expand your base knowledge into other brands and styles as you go. So I I mean, I'm not going to stay. I mean, you know, Louboutin, I feel like is timeless and I can continue to sell that for years. Same thing with Gucci. Um, Here, I will give you one hot Gucci tip. If you decide to ever, you know, uh, dip your toes into Gucci, to the gitch. Um, (laughs) 
I'm not saying don't, because if you find a really unique pair that you really think are special, you know, you could buy those. But for me, I don't want to buy Gucci unless it has the logo on it, um, the horse bit on it. Like those are trademark, you know, Gucci looks. And then also that green and red stripe, mm-hmm. like, like something that people who wear Gucci, they want people to know I'm wearing Gucci. Yeah. 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 Why the hell else did I just spend this much money on a pair of shoes? So Louboutin, that's not the case. I mean, the red bottoms, I guess that's your signature look, but any mm-hmm. shoe you can have a red bottom. But anyway. If you source Gucci, make sure it has those things, especially when you're first starting out sourcing Gucci. You want the horse bit, the logo, or um, that stripe, that green and red stripe. You did it. Was that real Bueller? It was very Bueller. (laughs) Okay. Sorry. Uh. All right. All right. It was very informative, though. I mean, people need to know these things. All right. Lacey, question two. I'm going to read the question. I thought you were going to read it. Okay. Oh, do you want me? Sure. Go ahead. I, I feel like I need to answer like these first three. I can answer this next one. Okay. Go ahead. Let's see what you got. Uh, okay. I keep thinking you're going to read it. Okay. <laughs> All, All right. right how about this? How about this? I'll read it. You, you, uh, you give us your answer. Okay. Let's do it. <laughs> this question is from what looks like K Lack 86. Do you think the major resellers are successful because they have an Instagram presence? Yes. Next question. <laughs> no, man. I got some thought. I got some thoughts on this. I want to hear what your what are your thoughts, Lacey? Um, I, okay. So, in my opinion, I do think so because I feel like with anything, any business these days, you know, being having a strong social media presence helps. Um, which is why I'm painstakingly forcing myself into the Instagram world because um, you know it trying to help our podcast. I just feel like any social media presence is super important because it gives people another way to engage with you. Um, You know, some people go on there and like sell stuff too, you know, like live shows and things like that. Um, What's your thoughts? Okay. So I'm going to, I'm going to respectfully disagree. And here, here's, here's my thoughts on this. So, well, I'm going to respectfully disagree in one way, but in, in, in this other way, I'll tell you why you're right. Um, you heard that. She said I was right. <laughs> well, let's just wait. Um, this wire is right in my way. Um, no, I do not think you have to have a huge social media following to be a successful reseller because I don't have a huge social media following. I mean, we have, you know, 1,400 followers on Thrifter Sisters and not one of those have ever purchased a pair of luxury items for me. One of them hat, shout out Katie, did buy a jacket from me, but that was not a, that was not a high-end um, purchase. That was, I don't know, a $30, $40 jacket. I can't remember, something like that. And that just happened like last week. And I had a $65. Is Katie from New York? No, 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 no. It's Katie. She's in our Patreon. Mm. Katie Fringelet. Katie. Oh, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, and I had $6,500 in sales last month, and that had nothing to do with my social media following. It has to do with my inventory management with Vindu. It has to do with changing my business plan. It has to do with relisting and delisting, um, you know, getting more desirable inventory. Like there's a lot of factors and not one of those factors are my social media presence mm-hmm. at all. Um, so yeah, I do think it can be useful. But again, you know, people who have I don't think the majority of people that are six-figure sellers are getting most of their sales from their Instagram presence. Now, here's where you're right. With whatnot and the Poshmark Live shows happening, a lot of the people watching their shows, like they, they, in order for those shows to be successful, you have to have a lot of people show up at one time to your auction, right? right? To the show. And so because they do have such huge social media presence, you know, 25,000 people get 10% of those showing up for your live show. Yeah. A lot of people. Speaking of, did you see how well Taylor did with her first show? Yes. She did great. Good job, Taylor. That was a huge stack of packages. Yeah. That was awesome. From your first whatnot show. Good job, girl. I'm I'm impressed. 
Um, it's not for me, but I love that that it worked out well for We love that journey for you. (laughs) I love, I do. I mean, I love that people are finding success in that. I have zero interest in doing that, but it doesn't mean that I'm not like excited that people are finding success in that avenue. So yes, I don't think you necessarily have to have a huge right, but it can't hurt you (laughs) for for those whatnot and posh shows. I think, especially on posh, I feel like there's already so many um, users on posh, and they and as they learn, like, wait a minute, there's a live show. Yeah, I don't think you have to have a huge social media following to be successful in those live shows, but I definitely think it has a huge part of the beginning successfulness of you selling on those shows. Yeah. But in, in terms of your, you being a regular seller, do not let that deter you that you have a small following 1400 followers. That is not a big following in terms of Instagram world. And that's what we have. Yeah. That, that, that has nothing to do with what, how my business is run. So don't get intimidated by these sellers that have, I mean, they're, you know, some people just hit it at the right time with the exact right content and their social media just takes off in terms of follower count, but don't let that dissuade you. Don't let that discourage you because 100%, I can think you can still be successful without that. You can do it. Yeah. You want to read the next question? Question from Katie Lee is best way to ensure authentication when sourcing online. Take it away, sister. Oh, it's so much talking. Okay. <laughs> So I would say my two biggest tips, like you're going to get fooled buying stuff online. Um, Let's go back to my Louboutins. There are a couple of points that I need to see in those photographs. No, no, no. You know what? Let's take it to Golden Goose. There's a couple of points in a pair of Golden Goose that I need to see um, before being confident that they're authentic. One is the insole. The insole that you can remove from the inside of a golden goose, it has these, there's there's so many ways to authenticate a pair of golden goose, but this right here is like the big tell-all, the insole, learning what an authentic pair looks like. There's perforations on the toe bed of the insole. One side is, um, it's like little dot perforations, like all the way through the insole. One says DB and one says GG. And if I... You know, a lot of people know to take those out and take pictures of them. I do when I sell mine. So people know these are authentic. Um, But a lot of people who are just hobby resellers or I'm finding a lot of them, I do not think they realize they have have fake golden goose. Mm. I think that's happening a lot um, because there's some real good fakes out there. Yeah, that's the problem. But I have not had my hands on one single pair of fakes that had that perforated DBGG insult. So a lot of, you know, I, I go back and forth on this. A lot of times if they're priced really low, I'll just go ahead and buy them because I'm another person will come in and buy them at that low price. And that has bitten me in the ass more times than I would like to admit, but you know, you open a case, you get your money back. It's just an inconvenience. Yeah. Um, I mean, you've never lost a case, right? Like, oh man, I I don't lose cases. You open a case against me. I ain't gonna lose that shit. Open a case against you. I ain't gonna lose that shit either. That's not true. You, I will lose some eventually, but up to this point, I got a real high success rate. Success rate. It's going well. Um, I will sometimes ask in the comments, "Can you pull out the insoles and take a picture for them?" And sometimes they do, and so that way I know. I'm like, okay, these are authentic. Um, get to know the authentication points. Again, you can find anything on YouTube. How to yep. authenticate any. Thing in this world, you can find it on YouTube. Now, as you're learning the brand, if you get it and you're like, well, I just can't tell, then that's when you go into Mercari and you submit it for authentication there. And the way you do it, Mercari, you have to go look into their brands under what they authenticate. Just go find it on their website. It's there. They only do certain brands. Um, Go make sure your brand is listed there. And then what you do is you create a listing as if you were going to list it on Mercari. And then what I do to make sure it triggers that authentication, I list it way high. I list it, you know, $1,000, $2,000, so like something just insanely high that you would never really Yeah, because that'll automatically trigger there. Do you want to authenticate? Yeah. Well, it says, let's get you authenticated. Right. Some brands like Louboutin, you can't list. Well, I don't know because I see some listed on there that haven't been authenticated. But when I go to list Louboutins over there, it won't let me unless I authenticate it. So I've gotten to the point where I don't even list my Louboutins at Mercari anymore 
because I don't want to pay that five dollars because I know they're authentic. So I don't yeah. want to pay that five dollar authentication. So um, that's how they get you. Yeah, it really is. But it's a good service when you're learning. Yeah, you know, or if it's something so expensive anyway, you're like, who cares? You know. Yeah, anyway. and then you can post the authentication certificate with it. So yeah, so here's what I do: I go make regular listing. I I put the price super high so it triggers that authentication. Then there's these real easy user-friendly step-by-step what they want from you in order to get it authenticated. If it asks for a serial number and you don't have a serial number, just write none or none available or NA or something in that field. Um, And then, hold on, there was another thing. Oh, okay. And then once it does get authenticated, I don't pay for the certificate. Um, I, cause you can pay like an extra $10 to get a physical, I don't know if it's physical, it might be digital actually to get a, a certificate of authenticity. If you want to, you want to spend that $10. I'm not saying don't do it, but you don't have to. What I do, cause it'll be listed under your Macari, um, posting there. It'll say has been authenticated. It has like a little picture of a diamond next to it. What I do is I take a screenshot of that and then I use it in my listings on the other platforms. And I'll say in the listing, this has been authenticated by real authentication or real authenticators. I can't remember. Whatever the services that Mercari yeah. uses. They use, they use real, it's called real authenticators or real authentication. And you can actually authenticate directly through them, but it costs a little bit more. It's like $10 instead of five if you do it through Mercari. Dun, 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 dun. Yeah. Did it, did it. Did it. All right. Next question. All right. Let's Moving go. on. Next question from Suzaru. Love that name. Uh, what are the <laughs> pros and cons of listing the retail price or leaving it at zero when you're creating a listing? I, I mean, to me, I think a con can be that it can limit you on what you can make. If it's something that you know you can get more for it, let's say it's something super special, like a pair of super rare Louboutins, right? Or super rare, like knee-high Doc Martin boots or something that uh, maybe retailed for like 250 and you know that you can sell them for like 300 or more. Um, if you list that retail price, the original retail price, that can hurt you there. Um, the pros to me, I think, would be that if it's something where you can show somebody, a buyer, that they're saving so much money by shopping your closet and getting this item, then, you know, there's a pro and a con kind of. So you kind of just have to decide what works best for you in that moment. Most of the time, I just put zero. Most mm-hmm. of the time, I don't list what the price, the original retail price was because A, I might not know it. <laughs> yeah. Um, and B, like, I, you know, I'm like, eh, who cares? Like, this is how much I'm selling it to you for. <laughs> Yeah, I agree. I agree. I think, you know, I don't know what the retail price is on most of my stuff anyway, and I don't care. And But Lacey's right. Like, I think Doc Martens is an excellent example because there's a lot of shoes that sold for $100, $150, maybe $175 through Doc Martens website, um, but they're dead stock now. So people that like their Doc Martens... Man, they'll they'll pay up for them if they're dead stock and they want it. For a listener that doesn't know, dead stock means what, sister? Um, that they're no longer no longer for sale, no longer in production. Like that particular style is no longer for sale through the Doc Martens website or any other like retailer website. Like I talked about a few weeks ago, I have a pair of Doc Martens that I got for a great price, those Devon Hearts in purple. And they're finally sold out on the Doc Martin website. I think what I am going to do is go ahead and just list them really high. I don't think they're going to sell for yet, but maybe they will. Who knows? I think I'm just going to go right, ahead and do it. Right, they just ran out online. Yeah. Yeah, but my goal, my plan was to hold on to them until they ran out of that color online, which they did. So we'll see. I think I might just, what's it going to hurt? Just go ahead and list them yeah. by, see what happens. You'll either sell them or you won't. Yeah, it's two <laughs> options. It's two options. That's right. I, you know, and I always say it, I'm in this for the long haul. So I, they can sit for as long as they need to sit. I don't care. I don't care. Exactly. Um. So yeah, you're right. I totally agree. You definitely could limit your... Um, your selling potential by putting that price in there. But sometimes if you're selling something, you know, had a retail value of a thousand dollars and you're listing it for $300, that's a, that's, right. that's a good move. And I think people have different opinions on it and I don't think it really matters. I think yeah. whatever, whatever you like is more comfortable, you know, play around with it and just see. Yeah. Whatever works best for you. Um, I'm very excited about this next question. I am too. I want you to answer it. I want to have you answer this one. Okay. I'll read it for you. Okay. This is, <laughs> Thank you to our friend Skyline Resale who submitted this question. Why is it so hard? That's what she said. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. 
It's so good. Why is it so hard? <laughs> because it just is. <laughs> I don't know. It sucks, doesn't it? Why are we doing this? This sucks. <laughs> I mean, the number of times I want to throw my computer out the window and run screaming down the street, pulling my hair, like, <laughs> because I'm like, you know, just every time you think you're getting somewhere, you're like, oh my God, there's still so much more to learn. And there's like, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, 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 it's just hard sometimes, but it is doable, you know, um, if dum-dums like us can do it, anybody can do it. <laughs> That's right. Facts, baby. Oh, so great. Okay. Uh, moving yeah, on. That, Question- the, up, the ups and downs, I think, are tough. Yeah. Particularly because the downs are more than the ups. Like you just, right. I mean, once you get, you know, a certain way in your business, they'll, it'll be more consistent for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, but it just takes time to get there. It's like yeah. any business. You got to let it grow. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, yeah. Yeah. Okay. All right. Next question from Brie Lindo. <laughs> Come on. You got this. One zero one 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 five. <laughs> When someone catches a bundle with just one item, is it okay to still send or create? Sorry, when someone creates a bundle with just one item, is it okay to still send offers? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. And and here's where I think the confusion is coming in because I've gotten a couple of um, DMs about this over recent weeks because I keep talking about how people will like start styling me and be like, I think you would like that. Like, I get these messages that, like, you know, Katie Lee Gifford, Kathy Lee Gifford has started styling you. You're like, what is this junk? I didn't ask for this. I've never seen your closet in my life. I didn't like anything out of your closet. You need to step off, friend. I don't like what you're trying to insinuate here. Yep. So, <laughs> um, so that is something that's gross. Don't do that. Don't go start styling people who've never even been into your closet and like sending them recommendations of stuff in your closet. That's incorrect. Now, if someone comes into your closet and likes something, if you have a bot, it's going to automatically send them an offer. Um, but some people sometimes will come in and not like something, but still take something and put it into a bundle. To me, I feel like that is the same as someone liking your item. Yeah, same. And you sending them an offer. They've expressed interest in this item. So absolutely. Yeah, you should send them an offer. Yeah, yeah. What you don't want to do is go and put stuff in a bundle for other people <laughs> no. who have not engaged in your closet because no. it's just, it's pushy and it's weird. Yeah. Like you have no idea who's on the receiving end of that. Like, yeah. So, yeah I, it's like the perfume people in the mall. You don't, don't spray that shit in my nose. I, it's, <laughs> Back off. <laughs> it's really gross and incorrect. But, but, but sending, <laughs> but sending a bundle offer on one item, that's correct. You should. Yeah. Yeah. Now you don't necessarily have to give them the bundle price because they didn't bundle anything, you know, but you can still send them an offer on it. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's in a bundle. They put it in a bundle. So they've expressed interest there. That's yeah. a, that's an interested buyer. Yep. Now agreed. I will say I hardly have ever made sales doing that, but I also like most of my sales come from people sending me offers, honestly, right. yeah. instead of me sending them offers. That, I mean, I, that happens. I would say I get 75% of my sales from people who have sent me an offer as opposed to my offers to likers, my 25%. Right. I would say it's probably 75, 25. Because yeah. you can check that in your stats if you don't know. You can go into your closet insights mm-hmm. and see. They'll give you a little pie graph. And I love a good graph. Love a good uh, chart. And it'll show you, yeah. Yeah. Okay. Next one. Hit it. Or I'll, I'll, I'll ask it. All right. This one comes again from, I want to call her Clack Q. <laughs> <laughs> Clack Q86. Clack Q86. Clack Q86. How soon into <laughs> How soon into it's offensive. How soon into reselling should we invest in Posture VA? Immediately. <laughs> I yeah. mean, there's people that still like I'm when we interviewed um 99 Problems Nicole. Uh shout out, hey girl. Nicole, shout out Nicole. Nicole, go get Posture VA. She had not gotten a buy yet. I wonder if she has now. I don't think she has because you know what? I saw her liking stuff in my closet this weekend. Uh which um, I I will say I always love when I see um, I know I'm like popping into my closet I'm like now I don't I don't think it's helping anything but I like that she does it it just makes me feel good inside when I see my yeah, girl showing it's like up we're hanging closet. out yeah um but but Nicole go get a posture via you've been doing this long enough go get it it's twenty five dollars a month it'll yeah. like save you so much time yeah and you'll make a lot more sales so yeah. I would say as soon as it financially makes sense to you like whatever the price is I don't even remember it's around 25 29 maybe a month yeah something like that as soon as you're making 
25 to 29, whatever the cost is a month in your sales. Invest in yourself and get yourself that poly pusher. If at the end of the month, if you've, you know, looked at your numbers and you're like, well, shit, I only made $29 this month, but you know what? I'm going to invest that $29 in my monthly subscription for Foster VA. Do it as soon as it makes financial sense for you because the results of using it versus not using it are astounding. Right. I mean, so when we first started using bots, it was still like on the controversial end um, because you know, they were like saying you could get shut down for using them. like Right. Because it's in our user agreements that you're not supposed to use automation. Right. But thankfully, all these huge resellers came out that, you know, make lots and lots and lots of money. And they're like, right. I use a bot. Like, or otherwise this like model would not work. I could not make this money. And Poshmark's making money off of them. So, you know, they kind of backed off, I think, on the threat of it. Um, So it's totally worth it. And, you know, like as um, Recloth, Ashley always says, you know, like your time is your money. It's your importance. Mm-hmm. So like, you know, invest in yourself. Yeah. Um, yeah. As soon as you can get it. Next question from, we don't know. know. I know this was somebody, I'm so sorry, whoever sent this, I don't have your name. Um, this was before I'd put the question box up that we were even going to do this episode. It was a few weeks ago and she was asking me this and I was like, oh, we're getting ready to do a back to basics episode. I'll throw that in there. And I'm sorry, whoever sent this, I can't remember. I I looked through my DMs, but there's so many I couldn't find yeah. you. So I just I don't know who asked this question. But the question was eBay returns. <laughs> eBay returns? Question mark. I mean, she asked it way better than that. But again, like I said, I couldn't find it in my messages, so I don't know exactly what it said. But she was. You know just- what it makes me think of our brother in Hot Tub Topics, <laughs> the, just the way it's written, because it's like. <laughs> Yeah. He would be like, okay, um, here's topic number one, world stuff. <laughs> <laughs> what? eBay returns. <laughs> All right. That, that's, a, that's a topic for the Patreon. Don't talk about that here. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, do you do returns on your eBay? So what she asked was like, what's the deal with – it was – I can't yeah. remember. It was like, what's the deal with eBay returns? Because like, you can have the option to like have returns or not mm-hmm. on your – Yeah. And she was like yeah, – because they can, okay. So on eBay, yeah, like Lacey said, when you're making your listing, you can say you want to accept returns or that you won't accept returns. If you, and and this is, I think, totally up to you what you are willing to deal with. Um, I know a lot of big resellers, they accept returns. And I used to, and the majority of my stuff was getting returned and I got sick of dealing with it. Right. I don't make a ton of sales over on eBay anyway. Um, I've actually recently in the past couple of months, I'm actually making a lot more sales all of a sudden. Not a ton. Like most of my stuff is still Poshmark. But my my eBay sales have definitely picked up. And, and that has been – I don't think this is why my sales have picked up. But my sales have picked up since I've switched over to not accepting returns anymore. So it's not hurting me. By any means. And yeah. they, they have 30 days from the date. I don't know if it's from the date of purchase or from the date they receive it, but they have 30 days and they can return it for any freaking reason. Yeah, that's time. what sucks. Yeah. Because, I mean, like Poshmark, you know, they can't return stuff if it doesn't fit or if it <laughs> smells like chips. <laughs> yeah. But, you know, over on eBay, they can return it for any reason. Yeah, they don't even The they, color isn't what they thought it was or, you know, like they just decided they don't want it anymore. <laughs> yeah. So that's really just up to you what you feel like dealing with. Like Madison, I know she accepts returns and she's like, that's it's what I was going to say. Yeah. She was like, I, for her, she was like, I feel like people um, buy from me more because they know they have the option to re- send it back right. if, if it doesn't work. But then that can them. turn around. Like the other day, I saw she posted that it turned around bitter in the butt. She's like, I had a $600 sale returned to me today. She's like, so my sales should have been this for the day, but it actually turned out to be like $32 because I had a $600 return. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So you just got to be like, if you want to deal with that, then deal yeah. with it. And she's very adamant. I think, I don't know. I don't want to speak on that because I don't know. But yeah, she's really adamant about the fact that she really thinks that helps her sales. on. E- she makes a lot more sales on eBay. I mean, she has a mm-hmm. huge closet compared to what I have, but right. she, she she does a good amount of business over on eBay too. So that works for her. And for me, um, you know, like we said, it's, you can't, there's no like, follow this exact plan to become a six-figure reseller because- there's just so many variables, but for me, yeah. uh, for now, but who knows? Down the road, I may change that, but for right now, I'm not taking eBay returns. All right, next. Um, do you want to read the next one? All right. This so this was a comment um, from Lux underscore reseller. 
um, have a, and so this was, I don't, we didn't use this tip over on the other episode, did we? I don't think so. I don't think so either. So hers was a tip um, that didn't get put into that first episode. So I thought I want to include it in this one. It says, have a process organization in place before scaling your biz. My business, my biggest mistake when starting out, like her saying she didn't have. So yeah, figure out how you want to inventory. The thing is, Mm -hmm. you don't need to obsess about it and waste a lot of time figuring out how you're going to do that because it will change. Like I, over the last couple of months, I've totally changed how I inventory in terms of using Vindu and then also in terms of how I um, store everything and find it like that. We're, I think we're going to do an episode about that lace on the page. Yeah. I was thinking that, that that's so funny because I can't remember who it was. Was it Sonia maybe? Uh, somebody just posted a reel of them saying that they, you know, go through and check their inventory like twice a year. Yeah, and, that was Sonia. Yeah. Right. And she was like, oh, and I just found all this stuff that I thought I'd listed that I hadn't. Like, <laughs> So, you know, you do want to have something like a process set up so that you can stay on top of your inventory. You know mm-hmm. where things are. If you make a sale, you don't have to like go digging. Currently right now, I'm looking for three pieces that I sold this weekend that I can't find. And mm-hmm. I've got my inventory and like, I don't know what happened. I messed up somewhere. And now I have to go through all of my bins and dump everything out until I find these three pieces. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. So, I, th- you know, I'm not going to, in in this particular moment, I'm not going to sit here and go step by step about how I do everything or why I do everything the way I do. But I will tell you that it has changed throughout my time of doing this. So just find something that makes sense for where your business is right now. Maybe look a little bit into the future in terms of growth, which is kind of what I'm doing now in terms of how why I changed how I do everything. I'm I'm thinking more of growth down the line now. But when you're first starting out, I wouldn't worry about that. Like just find a system that is easy, that's efficient. You can find your inventory when it sells. You just, you want to be organized because it's just going to make everything more better. More better is better. More better is better. (laughs) It is. It's more better. All right. Question from Shop House of Cloth. What was your highest profit flip? Um, I don't, I don't remember exact numbers off the top of my head. Do you remember what the item was though? But yeah, I can give I can give rough a rough estimate here. Um, I sourced a pair of um, which I actually um, mentioned earlier in this episode. I sourced a pair of like gold metallic. Um, were they Louboutins? Oh no 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 not those 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 were not my highest profit flip. Um, I had a pair of healed Gucci platform, uh, mules, not mules. Cause they were peep toe. Anyway, um, some Gucci pumps with like a real thick block pump. And again, it had that Gucci logo on it. And I sourced those for 200, I want to say $220 off the top of my head. And then I sold them for, I think, <sighs> 500 so after fees and everything, I think I made around two a two hundred dollar profit off of those. I think. Awesome. I think. Um, you know, I may be off on the numbers here and there, but that one, or I also I did also sell a pair over on Tradesy of the gold metallic Louboutin um, loafers that had gold spikes all over them, and I probably I don't again I just don't remember exactly, but somewhere between one hundred fifty two hundred fifty dollars on that flip. But, you know, I'm getting to the point where I'm selling these golden geese, golden geese, golden goose shoes <laughs> and Louboutins where I'm very typically off of each flip making 100 to $150 a flip. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, last month, you know, I told you all I made $6,500 in gross sales. That was 41 items. Like that's yeah, crazy. That's awesome. Crazy. Yeah. Um, I, I, I lost it. Here, read the next question because I pulled up. This okay. list to read. And I love I love this listener's name. Question from, hey, it's me, 87. <laughs> Different platforms for selling. Um, so there's so many, and not even all of them are on this list. Um, no. You can sell on eBay, Poshmark, Etsy. Uh, some people do Amazon, Macari, ThreadUp, Depop, Tradesy, The Real Real. Um, people use Shopify. Great. Uh, what was that? Grailed. Grailed. Mm-hmm. Uh, what's Vest- the Vestier Collection Collective? What's which that is, one? Which is, um, which is vintage absorbing. One. Oh, Vinted. Is it Vinted? 
Yes. There's, yes, there's yes, one yes. called Vintage, which I don't think is vintage. Oh, it's not? I thought it was just by the name. I don't think so. There's Vestiaire Collective, which is going to be taking over. Tracy Tracy is going to go away soon. Um, people, there's also EBID. Oh, I don't know that one. And it's a lower what? risk option. I don't know why, but that's what it's tagged as. Whatnot, obviously. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's so, so many platforms. But if you're just getting started, our recommendation is definitely start Poshmark. with Poshmark. And even Mercari is really user-friendly. Mm-hmm. It is. Um, you know, I haven't had a ton of success over there, and I don't care why. I probably should. But, you you know, I, I speaking of Sonia, she did say one time, she was like, why am I wasting time on these other platforms when this is where I'm making the bulk of my sales? Right. Which, you know, I agree. But I do, I do, you know, cross-listing is if you're going to do this for like income for realsies, like cross-listing. You Not have for to, fakesies. Right. For realsies. Like you want this to be your business. You have to cross-list. You have to. You have to diversify where you put everything. Um, but I just, I can't put the time into all these different. So I put most of my time does go into Poshmark, which is where I make most of my sales. And now eBay too. I would like to figure out how to get a little more better at eBay. Yeah, yeah. I'm doing fine on eBay. I'm doing fine, but I would like to get better. Yeah, I, my presence on eBay is pretty much non-existent. <laughs> I got everything. Everything I sell is on eBay. I just started cross-listing over to eBay again after I took everything off <laughs> a few months ago. All right, next question is from Hey, It's Me 87. Again, great name, loves it. What kind of cleaning to do on products before sending to customer Question mark. <laughs> I mean, it depends on what you got, girl or guy. <laughs> yeah. Or friend. <laughs> just depends. I mean, you know, it depends on how much work you're willing to put into it. If you think it's a stain that you can get off. Um, if you're getting something from the bins, I would definitely recommend throwing it in the wash because <laughs> the bins yeah. are gross. <laughs> it's smelly. Yeah. It depends. Uh, it depends on what you're selling. I... I don't want, I used to do like sewing and I don't do it. I mean, I just do shoes now. Yeah. And I'm not getting shoes if they look like, unless they're like super cheap. I'm like, all right, I'll scrape that mud off. But I I buy things that I know are not going to require. I mean, of course, there's like a little bit of a wipe down. Like y'all know I'm always talking about cleaning out toe toe jam. I'll do that. Yep. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Um, I'm usually wiping down the soles. Um, You know, sometimes on Doc Martens, I'm, I'm polishing the toes a little bit with their scuffs. But I don't like to get inventory that requires a lot. So that's really just a you question. Like, what, yeah. are, what are you? I want to use my time to source. If I have time, I want to be sourcing better quality, higher end inventory than cleaning stuff. I want to use my time to roll around in large piles of cash. <laughs> I don't got time for that. I don't have time for that. I'm too busy sourcing and listing. I'm going to source while I roll around in large piles of cash. <laughs> <laughs> okay. That's that's good. You can get two things done at one time. That's great. Another question also from Hey, It's Me, 87. Uh, legal banking slash taxes, what do you suggest for when to open LLC slash bank account and how to percentage for taxes? Okay. That's a mouthful. Okay. Um, I don't have an LLC. I don't know why it would be necessary. Some people think it's necessary to protect themselves. Um, mm-hmm. Madison. Madison has an LLC, and she has just give it, done that for an extra layer of protection. And that, I mean, depending on where you live, having an LLC isn't that much. I'm trying – because I do have an LLC for another business of mine. I, uh, You know, to set it up, I did it through LegalZoom because I didn't know how to do it. Did you that, do it for Hot Moms? No, for – it's noon somewhere. Oh, oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Um, I did that through LegalZoom to set it up, which I think cost around 300 bucks maybe. And then in Virginia, the annual filing for that business is $50 a year. So yeah. I, I have to have it for that business. That's, that's I have to for that other business. Um, you could, you could absolutely get it for your reselling business. That's just up to you. It's just another layer of protection. And I don't exactly know how, how it would protect you because I don't, I, again, like I said, I, at this point in my business, don't feel like it's necessary. But in terms of a bank account, you need to get that yesterday. There are plenty of online free bank accounts. I use Ally, A-L-L-Y. Um, you know, Lacey got frustrated with hers because it does take a long time for the transfers to go back and forth, like days. We're talking days. Yeah. Um, but I don't care. Like, it's it's a free account. I mean, you could use bank. You can use any bank. But get if you you need to separate your personal and your business um, financials today. 
Like, mm-hmm. I, I, if you are doing, if you're just selling some stuff out of your closet for your, just yeah. your stuff in that, no. But if you're, but if you um, want this to be your full-time business, then. Or even a part-time business, even yeah. if it's a part-time business, if you plan on continuing to do this, you have to get, you have to, because it's just too confusing otherwise. Um, in terms of taxes, what I usually do, I don't know that I'm super, super right exactly, but anywhere between. 20 and 30% a month I put aside. With my Ally bank account, um, I'm able to, I have a savings account and then a checking account. And so in my savings account, they, they're called buckets. So you can divide the money that's in your savings account. So I have one, like all year long, I put money into my um, birthday and Christmas funds for the kids. So then like, cause my, both of my girls have October birthdays and then there's Christmas. So that's a shit ton of money I'm spending right at the end of the year. So just throughout the year, you know, I put just depending on how the month has gone financially, I'll put anywhere between 50 and $250 into that, um, little bucket. So I have a bucket that I use every month for my taxes and I put anywhere. And again, depends anywhere between, I say 20, anywhere between twin and 10 and 30% into that bucket um, every month. So then when tax time comes, I have I have it in there. And I do not touch that tax fund. Right. That money sits there. And then, um, and I'm not an accountant. I'm not telling you how much to save percentage-wise. I don't know, man. I'm just telling you what I do. Um, and then we do have an accountant because our financials are really, um, we have to. Right, Cray? <laughs> like I have three streams of income. John has... He has at least two. He used to have three, but I think it's only two now. So we have to have an accountant because, oh my God, let me tell you this. This is fucking nuts. This is why you have to have an, this is why I recommend getting an accountant. When we send in everything and we always have to do an extension always because our businesses are just, particularly his, are so complicated. Um, We always file for an extension every year. This year, when we sent everything in and they came back and told us, told us what we owed, it was $44,000. And we were like, all right, we're going to fix this. And there was one big thing that they, anyway, I can't get into it, but there's one big thing they didn't, that wasn't put into that initial amount. And John was like, no, you have to put this in. They're like, but it could flag you to get audited. And John's like, I don't care. This was a legit business expense. You have to include this. And they included that and then like went through, we found some more expenses. Like there's so many things that John and I are able to expense because of the kind of businesses we have. Well, guess what? You got money back. We're getting $4,000 back now. (laughs) (laughs) That's way more better than owing (laughs) $40,000. Oh my God. I really thought we were going to have to owe some money. Um, and we will have to owe money next year. There was this this one crazy business expense that he had this year that um what anyway. So that's nuts. <laughs> I think having an account I I mean I know lots of people do their own their own taxes and it's fine, but you know what? I'm not an expert at taxes. So we pay Me someone neither. to do it because it's complicated and they're in the long run. I mean, that's obviously worth it, right? There. Yeah. And much like Patrick and Jillian, I don't want to go to jail. No, I will pay the taxes. Just tell, <laughs> tell me what I owe. It's so true. That's why what? do they make it so hard? Why? Let's go back to that question from listener. Um, why is it so hard? <laughs> why is it so hard? I will I will pay all the taxes. Just what do I owe? <laughs> <laughs> they just make it so complicated. I hate it. I'm, Even just filling out the W4 or whatever, it's like, oh I'm not I'm not going back to jail. <laughs> Not going back. <laughs> All right. Question from Kathy Novak. Uh, what does it mean to relist? Is there some 60-day thing? Yes. Um, so if you have like a bot of some kind, you can easily see what items have been sitting in your closet listed for 60 plus days. Um, when you hit that 60-day marker, that is when it's a good time to delist and relist that item which means taking it off the site and putting it back on because the algorithm will read it like it's a brand new item. If you delist and relist it any time before that 60-day marker, then that piece is not going to go to the top of the search. It's just going to be like it's been in your closet. It's been sitting there. It's not going to really help you as much as you think it is. Um, but if you don't have a bot, there is a way to check on Posh and see 
when your piece was originally listed. Oh, really? Um, you, uh, yeah, I remember you told me Mo- Mogi Beth had done a thing on it. Oh, it's like going in and right-clicking on the picture and then opening up another tab, and you can see the date on that photograph. Mm-hmm. What a pain in the butt. Yeah, it'll be in your – what's it called? That Yeah, the bar, the search bar, whatever. Mm-hmm. At the top. The, it'll just be like, you know, the date will be hyphened up in there. Yeah. So you can look at it that way if you don't have a bot. Yeah. Posture VA, you can delist and relist through Posture VA, I, th- and that's how I used to do it. Um, now I do it through Vindu. And it, I can mm-hmm. go through, and there's so many different ways to do it through Vindu. You can actually do 10 at a time, delist. It'll just pull them all off all the platforms, and then it'll relist them. Um, what I've been doing, because I want to check um, prices on like my higher end inventory, I've been just going through one at a time, and I click delist, and it delists them from all the platforms at one time. I check the prices. I want to make sure, you know, maybe maybe this isn't. Maybe I have this price too high. Maybe I do need to consider bringing the price down a little bit. Um, and then for my lower end stuff, I just do bulk delist relist. I just and it, it just it, ten at a time goes through. Yep. Um, if you have an offer on something on Poshmark, it won't relist it because it won't pull it off. And then the workaround on that is you go in and change the uh, the size. You've got to change the size dramatically, and then it'll let you take it off. And then you can. And and to do it, if you don't have a bot to do it on Poshmark, you've got to make a copy of your listing and that'll open up a new thing. It makes a copy and then you can- but Make you sure you erase the word copy yeah, erase because it'll put that as the first word in your listing. Your title description, take that out and then you just list it again. And then you then you have to remember to go back and delete the other one. But right. if you're using Posture VA, Vindu, it'll just um, rel- it'll delist them and then relist them for you. Posture VA does that really easily, but but that only does it for Poshmark. So I use right. my Vindu because it it takes – I sell on five platforms. It takes them, delist, and then relist them on all five of those platforms. It's great, man. It just and, – and yeah, there is a 60-day – like I think – I don't know if this is like an urban legend or whatever, but it's like <laughs> Poshmark – Urban legend of the I, 60 days. I know, I know. Poshmark, I think, recommends every 60 days. On my higher end inventory, I'm trying to get consistent with doing it every 30 days. Um, mm. cause I mean, it's not, pff, why does it matter? Who cares? Just do it. Do it when you can. Cause that task does tend for all of us to get kind of put to the wayside, but it makes a huge difference. It really does. Yeah, I try to do several every day. Yeah. Yeah. Me too. Because um, if you have more than a hundred items in your closet, it's very easy to have items that have been sitting there for 60 plus days. Yeah. 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 And it just, it just triggers that algorithm. It just makes the algorithm happy. So definitely. And then you're kind of refreshing that item and getting it to the top of a search and maybe you're going to like get some more eyes on it and sell it, you know, so, you know, so, as opposed to letting it just sit there stale. I think, I think the easy answer of what is D-list, relist, it removes your listing and then just puts it back up there again, like a new listing. That just reminded me of the Simpsons quote. Short answer, yes with a Y. Long answer, no with a but. <laughs> <laughs> That's great. I love that. Some people do think and say that, I mean, because we all know that we need to be listing consistently, right, to make sales. Mm-hmm. S- some people say or believe that delisting, relisting, it's good for the algorithm and it's good for your sales for sure, but they don't think it's as powerful as adding new listings to your closet. And I don't know. <laughs> you heard it here first, folks. I heard it, you heard it here first. I don't know. I don't think anybody has any real data to back that up. I think people just think that. And it might be true. I have no idea. But it also might right. not. <laughs> so 50-50 shot. There you go, suckers. <laughs> and our very last question is, what to do if stuff isn't selling? Wait, did we list to say her name? That was from Kel- uh, Kathy Novak. Oh, that's Kathy Novak as well? Okay. I didn't think you knew who that was because there wasn't a name on it. Okay. Um, I mean, you can always do... I don't know. A- I don't know, Kathy. I don't know what to do because a lot of stuff in my closet is not selling right now. You tell me. <laughs> you can do sales. You know, you can offer sales. You can do um, closet clear out when they offer it on Poshmark. Um, you can do uh, delist, bigger, delist, relist. Yeah. You can do more off. Like I was listening to somebody on YouTube. I can't remember who it was. It's this couple that they work together, and the wife was saying uh, how she goes and delists and relists like her entire 
closet like almost every month because she just attacks her likers with offer, offer, offer. So she starts at 10, 20, 30 and just like goes through every single piece. And then, you know, she's like, well, I've bombarded them with likers if no, or with offers. And if nobody's bought it, then I'm going to delist and relist it so I can get more likers in there and well, send those offers. Right. Also like over, you know, you can't, you get to a point where you can't send out any more offers on Poshmark because it only, it will only let you send out offers like in 10% chunks. Like mm-hmm. if you send out a 10% offer, you can't send to that person another offer unless it's a 20% offer. So at some point it becomes too big of an offer to make sense for you to sell it. Right. And then same thing like over on Mercari, like when you promote your listings over on Mercari and like it gets to a point where it's like getting too low, like it won't let you send an offer that it's not too low for what you've already sent out for that item. So if you you pull it off and put it back on, then you can start again with that 10% or 15, whatever you're starting. Um, like our offers is that you like to send out. You can, you're getting a fresh, fresh start, a bunch of new eyeballs on it. Tell you what I don't like about Macari is that they force you to lower the offer every time. Like you can't just keep sending out like a 20% offer. It's like every time you have to go down, 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 down. I'm like, don't let me do that. Right. Yeah. gets automated. It tells you Mm -hmm. what it has to, it has to be within these numbers. I don't like it either. That's a thumbs down. And you can't do, you can only do an offer every three days. It's like, do you not want the sales to happen? I know. Get it together, Macari. Get it together, Macari. (laughs) I can't. reason we don't make a lot of sales I can't wait. We have, we have someone coming on soon-ish that all she does is Macari. I'm like, girl, yeah, tell us what's up over there. (laughs) Yeah. Please teach us because I'm, compared to the number of sales I've had on Poshmark, it's just like, it's crazy. Yeah. Over on Macari. I've sold like I think 70 things total. Yeah. I'm I, like, I'm very interested to hear like what her deal is over there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. All right. We've gone through all of our questions. I, I don't know. I don't think there's a good answer. I mean, there is a lot of things you can try when stuff's not selling. You can look at your photographs. Like, do, do does your cover photo need to be redone? Do you need to right. re- reconsider your pricing? Yeah. Are you um, maybe pricing it too high? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, um, you could it, take a bunch of stuff over to the buy, sell, trade, see if they'll take that stuff off your hand and you can gets, maybe put that money towards some new inventory. Yeah. Some store credit. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. There's there's lots of little things you can try. A main thing I know on Poshmark at least is that listing, like even if you're just listing one thing a day, yeah, like consistent listing is a huge, huge, huge thing for making sales over mm-hmm. there. Like I have been consistently listing like one thing a day because I was just got to a point where I wasn't and I was just like relisting and delisting, you know? So, but I've been so busy that I was like, okay, I, I want the algorithm to stay on my side. So I have been just listing even just one thing a day and I have found that that really does make a difference. I see it helping. Yeah. Agree. All right. That's we did tip. it. Okay. Well, that is the end of our, for now, I'm sure we'll do this again down the road in our Back to Basics episodes, our Back to Basics series. The re-basicening. Yeah, man, the revenge. This time, <laughs> this time it's personal. we mean business. <laughs> How do you like them apples? I, I really hope that wasn't too Bueller. I feel like when we get into stuff like this, it just really Bueller. I mean, I do think it's very Bueller, but I know it's information that people want to hear. Yeah. There are people that, I mean, otherwise they wouldn't have written in the questions. Yeah, good. And thank you for writing these in. These are great questions. Appreciate really it. appreciate it, guys. Yeah. Thank you. Thanks, guys. You're, you know what? You're a part of this team. You really That's are. That's right. The Thrifter Sisterhood. Who was it? Was it Katie from New York, I think? That was like when she got to be on the pod and she's like, I felt like I was an honorary third sister. That's right. <laughs> she is. We love that. Yeah. Yeah. A lot of our- lot You of are our, all sisters. Yeah. Well, I feel like all of our guests are honorary sisters. Yeah, same. And all of our listeners, too. Not just the guests, all of our listeners. That's right. That's right. We love you all. All right. Well, thanks for coming out to the show today. Uh, (laughs) (laughs) uh, Make sure you pick up your coat on the way out. It's a little nippy out. You know, it's fun. Tip your waitress on the way out, too. Yeah. They work hard for those tips. They really do. Do, That is a thankless job. And Mm -hmm. um, it's hard, hard work. It's hard work. Both of us who have worked in that industry, man, we know. Tip those those hardworking men and women's or or non-binary workers as you walk out the door. Tip those workers. Tip those hardworking humans. 
service workers. They keep they keep our lives decent. Yeah, it's hard work. <laughs> it really is. Okay, well, um, I guess we're going to go start our next podcast on tipping, yep. <laughs> tipping servers and treating people like humans that work in the service industry because that, for some reason, is very challenging. Why are we for talking? A lot of about you Why are we talking about this? I don't, I don't know. <laughs> Oh, you know yeah, why? I'll tell you why. I'll tell you why. Because we like to talk about things like chimney sweeping <laughs> and fish. Fish bartering. <laughs> fish bartering. <laughs> I don't know. Real why. relevant stuff, guys. <laughs> I can't explain it. All I can do is be a part of it. <laughs> I like it. I want it. I need it. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And that's right. All right. Well, that's it for us today. Thanks for coming to For Waitress, Two Sisters. <laughs> One podcast. We'll see you next week for Thrift Sisters. Baby girl. Oh, Mariana's new new uh, album is out. Go follow it on all the streaming platforms. It's called something that I don't remember the name, but just Google Mariana Bell and you'll find it. Okay. Bye. Bye. Love you. Love you. Thrift Sisters. Thrifter Sisters is written and recorded by me, Lindsay. And me, Lacey. Produced and edited by Hot Moms of Seaville Productions. Music is written and performed by Mariana Bell. See you next week. Bye. Bye.